Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show via Eurosport, the home of cycling, in association with Alaka Bicycle Insurance. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, stage five of the Tour de France today. And joining us to chew it over, Brian Smith and Sean Kelly. Evening. Hello. Good evening, gents. How are you uh, going there, Brian? I'm fo- all right. How are you? Yeah. Thanks we, for coming. We should give Brian his due, former British champion, Eurosport commentator. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and Sean- team manager as well of the of a team on the Tour de France, wasn't he, Brian? Yeah, 2015. So when Steve won his stage in Mond, wasn't it? Famous stage, Mandela Day. Yeah. And Sean, obviously, is uh, we, we couldn't do today's show without him. Four-time winner of the green jersey. Yeah. A very exciting day in the end. Um, straight into it, 183 kilometres from Gap to Privas, uh, a stage where so little went on, we had to wait until the finish for something mm. interesting to actually happen. And then great drama afterwards, giving us plenty to talk about. Brad, what are the headlines? Well, Vedant won the stage, especially after yesterday with his um, amazing job he did for the team on the summit finish, and then popped up today and um, won the stage uh, in quite impressive style, really. And also, it's a day for Ireland to celebrate, isn't it, Sean? Because uh, Carrick's very own... Uh, Sam Bennett won the stage. No, got got the green jersey. Won the green jersey. So first time in 31 years since you last took green, was it, Sean? Yes. Um, 98 was the last time. Uh, so how many years ago that is? It's uh, so long ago I can't count. But uh, yes, Sam did the job today in the intermediate sprint. Of course, he picked up, uh, you know, very important uh, points there. And uh, in the sp- in the sprint to the to the line for the finish, I think he was. Uh, he was marking Sagan a bit much and maybe he focused a bit too much on getting the green jersey. But, you know, there's other days to come for the stage. At least he's got his green jersey now. So, you know, a great achievement by Sam. And uh, hopefully he get his stage victory later on this race. Still chasing it. Yeah, he came in third today. Um, here's how Rob Hatch called it for us on Eurosport. It's going to be let out very, very late indeed. They wait, they wait, they wait even longer. 150 to go as it goes. And here goes Juan Fernand at the front. Juan Fernand in the yellow. Fernand going all the way. Fernand is there. And it's Juan Fernand who takes the win. Two in two from Jumbo Visma. Behind Bennett finishes and will pull on the green jersey for the first time in 31 years for Ireland. So Brad, as you said, Jumbo Visma's Wout van Aert, the world's number one rider uh, in the men's peloton, surging to another impressive victory. Uh, his second at the Tour after taking stage 10 into Albi last year. Did we have him as favourite for today? I mean, he said that he was he was going for it. He said that Jumbo Visma were going to let him off the leash after his, um, as you also mentioned, his hard work yesterday for Primoz Roglic um, on the final climb. Did we expect him to take it today? I mean, it was it was a matter of inches in the yeah, end. Yeah, I didn't expect him to take it, actually. I just, um, I'd said yesterday that he'd perhaps given up his, sacrificed his own individual success at this talk, maybe for the team. But the guy can do anything at the moment. He's probably the best cyclist in the world now, at the moment, after everything he's done. Three times World Cyclocross champion, San Remo winner, Strada Bianchi, time troll, winner in the Dauphiné last year. I mean, he's just, he possesses everything. And um, he seems to do it with such ease as well. He makes it look easy. Uh, he's, won, he's rode 15 races this year since the end of lockdown. He's won five of them. So a third of the races, you know, he's ridden this year, he's won. 
and the rest of the time he's done a job for the team. So, and what a job he did yesterday on that summit finish um, on a know, category one climb as well for Primoz, and then today wins the bunch sprint. Um, he's not too far away in the green jersey competition either, is he? Well, he is going to move up with his win today, but of course, um, you know there'll be a lot of days where he will be on duty, so it's going to be looking difficult for him to you know to be. Uh, uh, contesting in the intermediate sprints and we have seen in the last days you know Sagan, Bennett and some of the other ones they are contesting the intermediate sprints so you know you've got to do that as well so I don't think he will be concentrating on green jersey but a stage victory for Van Aert is you know very much on the books later on this race and yesterday what a job he'd done on a fourth category climb the way he rode there for a long long time and you know to be able to come out and win in a sprint today he's just got it all that guy he's he's able to time trial he's able to you know go uphill he can ride uh, the classics we've seen that his bike his position in the race that's something he can do so good and if you can do that with the qualities he's got the strength he's got you win bike races Sean, you mentioned that Sam Bennett was maybe concentrating a little bit too hard on Peter Sagan's wheel. Um, so Sagan came in fourth today. Was Bennett maybe thinking all he's got to do is cross the line before Sagan rather than go for the stage win? Was his focus getting the green jersey, having taken the points, top points in the intermediate sprint? Was he focusing just on Sagan's wheel? All I've got to do is cross the line before him. And, and the green jersey's mine. Very much so. We could see that, you know, in the um, in the final kilometre, fifteen hundred metres, he was staying behind Sagan and he was just following Sagan. And of course, you know, the way the sprint panned out as well, you know, it was a very fast run in. Sunweb they did you know, a, a, a great job for uh, Bull, and um, it was a really fast and difficult running because it was up. It was uphill. Let's not forget. So if you were sitting too far off to move up. It was just impossible. And we could see Sagan and Bennett were hanging way too far off. The finish also, the final run, we could see just 100 metres before the line, before you could see the finish barrier. So all of that. But I think it was, the big thing was the, the speed of the run in, the way it was laid out by Sunweb. If, you have, if you're too far back with uh, three, 400 metres to go, to move up was almost impossible at the rate it was going. And uh, then it was just too late. And Sagan, you know, was hanging a bit too far off as well. I think everybody was, you know, just suffering on the limit as more so. And just to move up was uh, yeah, a big, big ask in the final couple of hundred metres. If there was a little bit of a slowdown where the lead, lead out train, you know, wasn't as powerful as it was, and, you know, it did it did knock off a bit up front. Well, then it would have been a perfect opportunity. Sagan, Bennett and a number of others would, come, would have come with a flush, but that didn't happen here today. Brian, I think one thing I have to add to that is uh, normally he's got a lead-out man, uh, Morkov, and he wasn't there. He was actually dropped out the back, and in most of the other sprints, he's the person that kind of takes them and leads them, puts them in the position. He's the person with that experience, and he wasn't there. So Sam had to think for himself, and like Sean said, he was thinking, well, I'm here on my own. I, I, I want to go for green. Sagan's there. I'm just going to follow him, and it's just too fast to move up. But if Morkov was there, I think he would have said, look, get on my wheel and move them up nearer to where the sprint was going to, to happen. And that was Wolf Van Aert and Case Ball. You could see it happening. Sunweb were leading out at rate of knots. If he just mocked off with him, he might have been able to move up a couple of places because there was nobody moving up anywhere in the last 500 metres. Sunweb did everything right, almost everything right today. Brilliant, brilliant. It, it just, Case Ball came up against someone super strong at the moment. And the fact that, Wout van Aert went deep. When he pulled off in that climb yesterday, he went deep. The fact that the stage was so easy today, it gave him time to recover. If that was a harder stage, it might have been a little bit more uh, difficult for uh, Wout van Aert. And he might uh, 
been brought into the team to to look after um, Primoz Roglic in the run-in. So we don't know. I picked him in stage two um, round Caldez because I know he can climb. I know he can do everything. I picked him for that stage. But he was there looking after you know his team, Primoz Roglic. You never know when he's going to be given the green light. And it was probably because it was an easy stage. Late on, right, you can get the green light, you can go for it. And he went for it on his own. <laughs> on his own. Everybody, Every other sprinter's on his own as well. So... No, it was great, but Sunweb, absolutely brilliant. They nailed it today. Just a pity that, um, for them anyway, that Wilt Van Aert was uh, just better. Brad, it was about time that we saw some action today. It was almost like the peloton called a truce. There was no breakaway to speak of. No. I mean, it was boring. I mean, it really was. And it wasn't a great advert for the sport, as we were saying in the post-show, but you need those pockets, really, in any sport. It's the same, really. You know, it's just... it's. I, I, Put it this way, I don't think we'll have another day like that in this Tour de France, if not this year in the calendar. So um, I wouldn't make too much of that. You know, it, it was boring to watch, but it gave us the finale that we, you know, it was an exciting finale and um, lots happening, including, of course, Adam Yates, which I'm sure we'll get to. Adam Yates in yellow. Just before we get on to, to Yates in yellow, why was it that we didn't see any anyone animating the race today early on? Well, it's purely when you have your, your team meeting, what you have is you have your plan and everybody has a plan. And traditionally in the Tour de France, the, the invited teams get, you know, are, are, are kind of um, kind of pushed or, or, or they have to get in the breakaway. That's just tradition. You know, it's not written down. It's just, you know, they have to get in the breakaway. But uh, B&B Hotels and Brian Cocar was up there in the sprint today. They decided to sit back for him. Arkea Samzik, they've got a potential winner of this race in uh, Quintana. And then you've got um, the uh, Israel startup nation who Hofstetter got fourth. He wasn't up there today, but when you look at the, the stage, um, you put your plan in place. And it just so happened today that everybody's plan was not to get in a breakaway, which you don't see. I think it was way back in 2008, the last time we saw no breakaway in a Tour de France stage. So it's been that long. It doesn't happen all the time, but I think it, it, you have to look back at the start of the whole race. It was brutal first stage with a lot of crashes. And then we had, we know, one kind of easy day, but yesterday was hard. All day, lined out, it was a hard stage. And everybody said it was a hard stage. So today, Carlton and commentary was building up, building up. And then all of a sudden, kilometer zero, expecting the attacks, nothing. And, and that's because just everybody's planning. They're not wasting. Why, why would you put someone up the road in a breakaway? Um, to be brought back for a sprint because everybody knew it was going to be a sprint um, to waste energy. It's a long race and you have to conserve as much energy as possible. Brad, Yates in yellow then. Uh, it's it's about time that uh, that he had a bit of luck. Uh, is that is that fair to say? After uh, we saw him on Von 2 with the, the chaos when uh, Chris Froome and Richie Port crashed into the back of the moto mm. um, and we thought he was in yellow at the end of the day there in 2016 and in the end Froome was awarded the same time after he crashed. Yeah. Uh, the inflatable, of course, in that same uh, in that same tour, yeah. uh, the Flam Rouge crashing on top of him. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't call this luck. I mean, he Adam will want to take it of his own accord. Um, and if you'd have asked him at the finish, you know, we were planning on taking the give him Alaphilippe a time penalty and you're going to take the jersey. I, I, I'm sure he'd have said no. <laughs> you know, I don't think... Um, he said as much afterwards, actually. He said, it's not uh, the way I imagined taking the jersey. No. But, you know, tomorrow's a new stage and, and everything, the Tour de France moves on. It always does. And, you know, he has the yellow and it, you know, it's some reward for Michelin Scott, really. They, they deserve it. They've, they've been a big part of this race the last few years and really animated it at times. And I think it's just reward for them. And I'm sure, I think, you know, to Koenig, 
will be pleased to not have it. They've they've had to work pretty hard since the state, start of this race, um, and now they've got green as well. So there's there's a really good opportunity for them to win the green jersey in Paris. Um, so how much effort do they donate now to to Sam with um, the likes of Morkov and Yes, but it's um, Asgrin. Asgrin. They're such a strong team. They seem to be good every year, don't they, De Koenig? And um, they can play at everything. Um, but Julian, I'm sure we may even see him back in yellow tomorrow. Who knows? Well, I think that um, Adam Yates deserves that that jersey. When you look at stage two, mm. um, when he took that bonus, I think he deserves it. I think he's attack up there going forward with Julian Alaphilippe. Okay, you never get the bonus at the end to take it. But, you know, everybody was was looking at that stage thinking, Adam's going for yellow here and he came up a little bit short. So he's in the right place at the right time. And I don't think it's, it's fortune. I think he, he merits it. And But I have to say that the Coney Quickstep, they're coming in with maybe a, a little less experience than maybe in past years. But they they are struggling at the moment to go and uh, with uh, Philippe and uh, Sam Bennett. You don't always get that opportunity of a, a double-pronged attack with yellow and green. And I think they're thankful. You could see that today with uh, Asgren going on the attack. He was the only rider to attack today. And uh, Thomas de Gent shut him down, said, you're not going anywhere. Bora Hansgrohe decided to bring them both back. Nobody's going anywhere. And the reason why Asgren went on the attack was because, pure and simple, De Coney Quickstep didn't want to ride on the front. Are they grateful? Maybe they've done that on purpose today, Sean, taking uh, taking the time penalty. I mean, is that a possibility? I mean, they they, they know the rules, right? So you're 20 kilometres in, last orders. I did say orders. that on the post show, actually. You know, I wouldn't put it past Patrick and the team, Tom Steele's on that. Well, I mean, I don't know. You never know, really. But I would have always asked a teammate for a bottle or even risk taking the bottle at that speed. You know, it was, was kind of dangerous as well, really. Um, who knows? I think you said. I think you said that if, if you're going to do something, you do what uh, Froome and Richie Port did and, and Alp Duez. You get a teammate to take it. So that was one mistake they made. I don't think it's planned because you can, you can see what what happens in in tour stages. You're not supposed to take a bottle or anything from inside the road inside the last kilometer of a mountain top or after uh, 500 meters of a mountain top. How many people do we see within a kilometer of the the mountain top, uh, King of the Mountains, taking bottles or whatever? We see it all the time. So, I think it's it's, it's harsh in the rules. Maybe the the 20 second uh, penalty. I, I believe that yeah, fine them for doing that. Take the fine, but the 20 second. But rules are rules. They know the rules. Is it a silly rule, Sean? No, I don't think it's a silly rule. Uh, you know, it's uh, for safety, people grabbing bottles. As Brad said, you know, it's dangerous when you have teams allowed to hand up bottles um, on the uh, on the roadside, uh, on the flash run-ins or on the mountain uh, uh, top finish as well. And um, as Brian say, you know, you see riders taking bottles and, and water bottles on a mountain from spectators and pouring it over their head. So I think the rule is okay. And I don't think that, you know, they set out to do that. I'd be very surprised if that's the case. It's just uh, an error. But it was also said that those other teams also taken bottles. So we have to wait and see on that one. But, uh, yeah, I don't think Philippe will lose any sleep over tonight and his teammates will lose less, as I said, on the programme earlier on. Um, you know, they'll be happy to get out of it because it's been a difficult one for them. The days, you know, the, the coming days are going to be difficult to control. And Philippe, let's not forget, I think he has still plans and ideas about this yellow jersey and the overall at the end of the day because I feel he was focusing on this uh, Tour of France for um, for this year, the early part of the season. I heard rumours that he wasn't concentrating on being in top shape at the beginning of the season. He was thinking of the Tour of France later in the year. 
So um, I think we'll see more of Alain Philippe going for the jersey and going for you know, possibly the winner or a place on the podium in this tour uh, at the end in Paris. Do we expect to see Alain Philippe back in yellow, Brad? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's... Um I think he's got a great chance of getting back in yellow. You know, now he's not in yellow. I think he'll be targeting stage wins again. Um, he's a racer. He's not someone who's going to sit back and target the GC in three weeks' time. I think he'll he'll be targeting stage wins now. And in doing that, put himself back in yellow or very close. And he'll race like that all the way to Paris. And if that means he's up there on GC, that means he's up there on GC. I can't see him playing a defensive role now and hoping to take the jersey in the last week. He's going to go back out on the offensive now. I mean... It- it didn't seem to affect him in terms of how liberated he was when, when he was wearing yellow last year. No. I, I mean, if anything, he seemed to thrive on it. I think he was underestimated last year by, by everybody and everybody decided, well, he's going to lose it anyway. We'll just continue on with a race. And then he was dragged around France for quite a few days. I think it's going to be very difficult for Alaphilippe um, to get that yellow jersey back. Uh, he might decide that... Maybe he doesn't have the form. Maybe he doesn't have the team. Because if he's going to have to take that yellow jersey, he's either have to go and take it soon and take the bonuses and then follow afterwards. Or he's going to have to go man against man against, you know, Roglic's team. He's going to be outnumbered. And I'm afraid it's, that's going to be very difficult. His team aren't strong enough to look after him in the mountain stages. So when you're on your own, that's when you're exposed. And if he gets attacked by Bernal, Roglic... Pogaccia or all these sort of riders, you can't do it on your own. I think it's going to be too difficult for Alaphilippe, which is a shame. Just to give you the GC then, Adam Yates, uh, obviously in yellow, Primoz Roglic three seconds back, uh, Tade Pogacar uh, another four seconds behind, Egan Bernal in fifth, 13 seconds off the pace. Um, Brad, what do we expect from Yates now that Mitchelton Scott have got yellow? I mean, he's, he said that he would have been going for uh, tomorrow's stage six for the stage win anyway. Yeah. I think he'll go for it still. I think I think he'll ride as if um, he's still going for stage wins. Mitchell took a ride tomorrow, though. They'll take up the riding. Um, they'll take on the, the responsibility of having the yellow jersey and, and ride. Whether that will affect his chances later on, it, it does put an extra weight on your shoulders having yellow in that. You know, you, you lose the element of surprise um, in that Adam kind of ducks and dives and, and moves. So if Adam moves tomorrow in yellow on that final climb, you know, for some reason, it, it draws more attra- attraction to you. Um, and he's just more noticeable now. He can't go in under the radar, which is, tends to be the way Adam rides, you know, kind of under the radar. Um, so I think it'll be very difficult for him. But, you know, subconsciously as well, there's an element that if he's, there's always a chance you won't win the stage when you're riding like Adam does. But there'll always be the element of him wanting to at least keep the jersey if he doesn't. So if that means finishing second, third, fourth, you know, it's... Um, it's a bit like the green jersey competition, you know, in terms of Sam Bennett, you know, that might that sort of take away from his chances of winning a stage now. Is it's more important to place and pick up points rather than risking all and trying to win a stage and finishing nowhere or crashing. I mean, so ultimately, however he's done it, he has pulled on yellow this evening, yeah. eventually. How did you feel the first time you, you pulled on yellow? I mean, you bought your uh, you bought your yellow jersey from 2012, the one I, I believe that you wore onto the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an amazing feeling just to wear the yellow jersey for one day in the tour is... You've got it forever, you know, and it's uh, it's synonymous with cycling, you know, that you've and you can always say you've worn yellow in the tour. It's uh, it's it, it's the only thing you that's that's sort of treated like a victory, although you may have not won the stage in order to take it, but you've led the race. You've led the race for one day, um, and that's that's an incredible thing, you know. No, my memories of 
if you win the prologue, you win the yellow jersey, you know. But I remember when watching Sean Yates win in 94. Um, he was in that breakaway into into Wren. Was it? You know, he, he he took yellow by one second. And I'll, I'll never forget that. I was 14 watching it. So to emulate him with him as my DS when I took it all those years later, 18 years on, was amazing. Brelli, you have taken yellow. <laughs> Good man. I was, on his, I was on his team that year and that was yeah. brilliant to see in 1984. But uh, I think... 94. 94, sorry. You're not that old, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think most people, most people back home that I know of, um, know of the yellow jersey. They know what it looks like. They know what it, it means. Um, the world's <laughs> champions jersey. They don't recognise no. it as much. So, it's yeah, it's synonymous with the uh, with the because everybody asks, "Have you ridden the Tour de France?" Yeah, everybody knows what the yellow jersey signifies. You remember the atmosphere in the team. Oh, it was great atmosphere. Motorola that evening. Well, they all sent faxes to each other. So. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, you had to have a fax machine. It was it was a brilliant atmosphere, but to be honest with you, the start of the year we were getting a kicking. Yeah. We were getting a real kicking, and nobody was getting um, real, you know, big results. And that was a huge relief relief for the team. Uh, and Yates getting that yellow jersey, huge. It took a lot of pressure off because we were getting an absolute kicking. All right. Well, we'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer, after this. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists for life on and off your bike. Alaka has flipped outdated traditional insurance on its head with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Plus, 80% of your money goes straight back into the collective, fixing, replacing and helping. And the other 20% keeps their wheels spinning. It's as simple as that. And when things go bad, Laka's got your back. Claims are handled by experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. They've ditched annual contracts locking you in. With Lacquer, if you want to leave, you can, anytime. Head over to www.lacquer.co where new customers can get £10 credit by signing up today with the discount code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Brad, can we clear something up here? Um, the tour wasn't won yesterday, was it? With Primoz Roglic's no. win and, and Jumbo Visma's dominant display with Wout van Aert, as we talked about gunning it in that final couple of kilometers, yeah. uh, kilometers on the final climb and then handing over to Sepkus, who seemed to shake Ineos off so easily and Egan Bernal just struggling to stay with the pace. It wasn't won, but um, he's, I think he's shown that he's definitely the, the man on form, which, it, you know, that we knew that coming into this race. He, he was... Pretty, pretty dominant in Dauphin until he crashed. Um, and he's continued that form on. And I, I Bernal to me doesn't look, I don't know what it is, whether it's something to do with his back injury or whatever, but we were only, we only climbed to 1800 meters yesterday as well. And once it goes over 2000, that's where Bernal will come into his, to his own. And, but I think Primoz is going to take some beating this year. Um, I really do. Um, and it was the ease of which him and Sepp Kuss were riding yesterday compared to the other guys. Well, for anyone who missed it on commentary earlier, um, talk us through how Jumbo Visma exposed Ineos in that, well, in they, that they, final couple of kilometres. They stuck uh, what Van Aert on the front, Kane after go. Van Aert just took the tempo up as much as he could until he blew. Um, and they had Kwiatowski, Castellavedo and, um, and, and obviously again, just lining up behind really. And that we were waiting for Van Aert to crack, to crack and then... And then 
we expected Kwiatkowski to take it up a level, but Van Aert took it to such a level, he had everyone in the hurt bag behind. So once he swung off, Kwiatkowski had nothing left. He kind of was looking around. He saw Castellaveda was already gone. He had nothing left. So it completely exposed the Ineos team. Um, and they went backwards at a rate of knots after that. But Sepkus has already started making his move up from fifth back. Um, and he was just cruising. Um, gave a little look at the, the Ineos boys and then took it up and... Then Primoz Rodlich, just the, the ease at which he closed the gap of five or six riders to, to Sepp Kuss. And then Sepp Kuss was kind of wiping his nose at one point. He'll be the biggest um, asset to Primoz Rodlich in that third week when we get down to that. He's an amazing talent, and I think he will be one day America's next tour winner. Is that what we expect from him, Brian? You see that in his future? Yeah, I, I definitely see it. I saw it in Utah a couple of years ago, and we saw it last year in the Vuelta. He's such a huge, huge talent. And... But I don't know. The only problem I've got with Sepp Kuss is I don't know where he will find himself as a, a leader. That's the only. He's already said he doesn't really relish the thought, does he? Yeah, um, but you can you can you can nurture that, you can help that, and he's going to learn from uh, Primoz Roglic. Um, How old is he? Oh, he's in his mid twenties. Yeah, not? so he's got time, hasn't he? Yeah, oh, definitely he's got time. Yeah. But he's 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 a huge talent. We've seen what he can do so far. And he, the thing is, he, he looks so at ease when. If you were another rider in the race and you looked at that stage yesterday, you would just be kind of blown away with how easy he did look. Sean, what about what about Baffled you? Back now. What you? Well, I think uh, so. Of course, um, you know, give him another bit of time. Uh, he needs another two years and to see, you know, what way he developed. Because he did say in an interview there was reading recently, he didn't really think about or didn't want to be a leader at the moment. He needs to learn more, and that is a good thing, you know, to be uh, saying that that he needs time to learn. And uh, he's getting, you know, the best apprenticeship where he is now. But just going back to Primus Roglic, he's been going well from the moment we started racing back again after the lockdown. He's, you know, he's on good shape, good form. The Dauphiné, we see he was exceptional. Will he be able to hold that into the final week? That is the question. Bernal, on the other hand, you know, we see him coming back the first races. He did wait. He was going well in a lower, in a lower standard race. In the Dauphiné, maybe, you know, he didn't look as, as good. So... The question is, like, where will those guys be in the final week of the race? That is going to be important because the final week, as Brad know, as Brian know, the final week is so important in a Tour of France. If you're going really well, you can do so much damage. If you start to struggle, and we've seen Roglic before in the Giro, you know, he was going very well in the earlier part, but started to struggle later on. So there's, you know, there's a lot of if and buts here at the moment, and the final week will tell a lot, give us a lot of answers. But also one step course. Um there's lots of riders that find that flourish in that role because there's no pressure on them. Bit like he reminds me a little bit of Walt Powell's the job he was doing a few years ago. Um, but well, you can't could never imagine him as a team leader. Richie Port as well, you know he he struggled to to take that. He won in the smaller races, but he, he struggled to take it into that Tour de France. And a lot of riders are best positioned in that in that role of um, you know kind of super domestic. Walt Powell's by the way riding with a broken rib and an injured lung. Uh, presumably a, a, a bruised lung um, after stage after stage one after going yeah. down hard. Um, so he got most combative today. Well, I tell you what, um, I bet you the team of Jumbo Visma had a sigh of relief today when uh, Sepkus crashed in, in a run in today, because they already lost uh, Stephen Kreuzwick in the Criterium de Dauphine with a crash. So they lost one of their, their key lieutenants and. When Sepkus crashes, I know you hear it in your race radio, Sepkus, Sep has crashed and a big sigh of relief. He was back up pretty much uninjured and got himself back to the peloton. He worked hard to get back on. Yeah, he was 30 seconds behind, Sean. 
Yes, well, it was a scary moment, I think, for uh, all in the team. And um, he got back and looked to be just, you know, a little bit of road rash, nothing major. But yeah, with Jumbo Visma, Tom Dumoulin as well is another rider who's been out for a long time. You know, he hasn't raced since, um, what was the Giro, I think, or Dauphiné last year. 420-something so. days at oh, the Dauphiné uh, last June when yes. he last raced. In the Dauphiné, you could see that, you know, he was just slowly building, building. I think here he's, he's on the build as well. So he could be very good in the final week. So, you know, where will he be when we go to the final week as well? He could end up the best man for Jumbo Visma in the final week. It probably suits him that no one's talking about him as well. Uh, well, I think he's unhappy with his uh, performance um, so far. because I don't I think believe that. You saw, you saw Tom Dumoulin and Primus Roglic have a chat. And, and I think Roglic asked him, do you want to have a go? And he went, no, he doesn't have the legs. And I think in, uh, to the, the press afterwards, he said he's just not getting the, the good sensations. Whether it'll come, like uh, Sean said, I think it'll come. But you got to remember, five months with no racing. This is a strange year. This is not like any other Tour de France. We've not had the, the, the Giro or any other races. I think it's going to be very difficult to actually um, gain any form. I think the riders will keep their form and they'll keep their form pretty much throughout the, the three weeks. And the, the, the kind of old way of looking at things, how much will you have in the third week? I think um, that will not come into it as much as other years purely because of that those five months with uh, no racing at all. But I wouldn't take anything from Dumoulin, what he said. I'm not happy because, <laughs> you know, Riders, they can tell you what they like, but you look at the results and Tim de Milan was there yesterday. He was still there with the group. So that tells that, you know, he's in very good uh, shape and he probably just says that to get the pressure off and, you know, not to have too much pressure on him from the, uh, from the you know, the, the Dutch journalists and that. And uh, he's there quietly and he, uh, I feel that he could be a danger man. He's, he's right next to Bernal in, uh, in the overall. So uh, Bernal in fifth, as we said, and Dumoulin in sixth. About where he, want, he would want to be at this point, Brad? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, it feels like we've done longer than five stages, isn't it, in this year's tour? So much has happened. Um, yeah. So there's so far, so much to go. We're only on Wednesday yet, aren't we? And uh, yeah, I mean, we're not even a week in yet. Uh, and so much has happened. We've seen so much of the GC guys, which we, we don't normally see up to this point in the Tour de France. So it's been, it's been great for us to watch. But um, Still a lot to play for. Yeah, it's a numbers game. and All Grand Tours are numbers games and, and you want to keep as many of your team up there in the general classification and it's important that Tom Dumoulin stays there. I do believe he'll come good. So you've got Dumoulin and Roglic, but when you look at Ineos yesterday, they were hoping to have at least Carapaz there, possibly one other rider up there in the general classification. For Ineos now, it's all about uh, Bernal. And that's where they, they might kind of fall down because Demoulin will stay there. Roglic is in super form, so they have two against one. Back to Ineos briefly and, and Dave B. They're not playing at cool, Brad, are they? Um, what do you mean? In terms of they're letting Jumbo Visma do all the running. They're letting De Kernick do the yeah. running. They're, they're, they're almost hiding the peloton. They I don't think they've got much choice, so... really. I don't think they... I mean, they don't need to at this stage anyway. Um you know, they, they, we did see them in the final today. They they made they made the race in, and there was a, they caused a small split. Actually, they really took it up on a on a, a cross tailwind section um, on the running today, just to keep burnout out there. And Luke Rowe was the instigator of that. Um, they don't need to take up the running at this stage. I think you know they once they get to the high mountains, and burnout will come into his own. I think, um, and they just need to get him there safely on zero time, really. And I think that's what they're going to do. Um, they don't need to expose themselves too much. You know, they don't need to put themselves out there. They it's just wasted energy at this stage for them. Um, but they're there when it matters and they've never missed a beat, really. I know we, I've said that they got exposed just in the climb, that, but that's the business end of the race. But 
the rest of the time they just need to ideally they just need to take the jersey in the last couple of days well as brad said i think uh, you know they look after bernal at the moments when it's most dangerous and that's on the flat stages when it's the windy conditions that's where you have to be careful that you do not you know lose time to the other big favorites and uh, Ineos have got a team to do that. In the mountains, I think Bernal, if he's a bit isolated, he can still defend himself very well because he is going to be, if he gets into the shape that he had last year, if he gets into the shape you know, that he needs to be in, he will be able to you know, defend for himself against a lot of the other big candidates in this tour. Um, so I, I'd not be concerned. It's really, as Brad said, on the moments, the important moments, and they are the danger days when you get the windy conditions, the flat stages, the run into the finish, and we see today they did an excellent job. Yeah, I tend to agree with uh, both Brad and Sean on this. They, they, on, a, on a flat, undulating, the stages we've seen, um, they, they look okay. Uh, they are hugely exposed, in my book, on, on the mountains, and uh, Bernal will be isolated in, in the big mountains. If Bernal gets uh, the yellow jersey, I don't think they'll be a, a, as dominant as they, they have been before. I don't I don't think they have got a team to ride at the front for very long in the Tour de France. And as Brad says, okay, if they if they grab it in, the, in two days to go, that's what they're looking at. You know, snatch and grab and uh, go on to it. If they get the jersey in the next few days, then I don't think they'll get a team to defend it. And he uh, waited so, so late. And let's not forget Sivakov. He's going to come gold later on this race. Yeah, I think Carapaz will as well. I think Carapaz will come into his own in the third week. That climb yesterday was a very fast climb. First proper one of the tour. By the time we get to the third week, a lot of the guys that were setting the tempo yesterday, even Van Aert, they're not going to be there. Well, time will tell. Brad, we were expecting to see a breakaway today. Uh, we didn't see one. Yeah. Um, I want to take you back to the sixth stage of the 2007 tour when you were riding for Cofidis. Yeah. Uh, a memorable solo breakaway from you. Very uh, memorable. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, re to remind anyone who doesn't remember. I you, don't remember. You, well, Brad led for 190 and a half kilometers of the 199. Seventh longest tour break in tour history still. A 199.5 kilometer stage. Still in the top 10 before he was eventually caught by the peloton with, with 15 kilometers remaining. Yeah. Uh, Brad, yeah, I mean, you've said before, you, you said off the record before, that, that that was one of the points at which you realized what might be possible on the road for you. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I got 17 minutes that day, and I remember thinking when I was out there, I might win this, I might get the jersey. I remember watching Cedric Vasseur in 97 do the same thing until La Chartre, and he took yellow and won the stage, and I thought they might let me go but it was a blockhead in the last 50k and they eventually reeled me in but um any other race it wouldn't have mattered would it um or it would have been a wasted effort or it have sat up but because it was the tour de france you know you're on tv all day it was tom simpson's anniversary 40th anniversary yeah. since his, since and, his death um, well, i just remember really enjoying it and it goes quite quick in the tour when you're out there because you're always on tv it's the, the team were loving it because you're getting exposure all day and as i say any other race and it would have been a wasted effort but i did go into a break um at the start and then they were all it was about 16 17 guys and they were all looking around and the, it slowed a bit and i went again to sort of provoke another break and they all left me go and then they went across the road and shut it and that was me gone and i remember thinking at that stage oh now <laughs> <laughs> but once you're out there what you're not going to sit up i mean i just went the team loved it and that was it 17 so, minutes i mean it's funny seconds. when you finish when you're in the when you get back afterwards in the evening, I won the combative award that day, which got stolen, like it does. Um, um, and you get back and everyone's congratulating you from the team. Bravo, c'est super. They all congratulate all the team because it's like, it's a win in itself. Oh putain, tu marches, hein? 
Ça, c'est bien, hein, Léa, toi. Putain. Bon, that's, that's about as good as it Bravo, gets hein. Bravo, hein. for, for a lot Les... of riders. Bravo, hein. Bravo, hein. Ça, c'est bien, Brad, hein. Brad, Brad ça, c'est bien, hein. They, 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 they like congratulate you for getting the break. If you get the break in the toilet, whoa, la, 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 hein. Bien, tu marches, hein. That's it, yeah. What's what's the team car telling you when you've got 17 minutes? And no, we just taking the mission. I had a guy called uh, Bernard Kidfin, um, who Sean probably knows. Yeah, yes, we were just bad. laughing. You know, like I was saying, like, can I have my time trial bike? And all this. I punctured during the stage. Yeah, and I was messing with the mechanic. This, I threw the wheel, and it goes into a field. And he had to climb over to get it. Just stuff like that. I mean, it's just it's like a celebration for the. the, the they're just loving it. They're just know? just happy to be there. At that no, point it's just race, it's so. like a celebration. You know, like yeah. I say. For French teams, the Tour de France is huge. You know, you get out there all day on TV, six hours on TV. Ça c'est bien, t'es direct, Brad. T'es en direct, hein? <laughs> Sean, do you remember anything and then, that one? And then, like, the, the bosses are ringing up from coffee, this guy, and we're really happy, and then Kid Fan, the guy, j'ai parlé avec, hein? il, est, il est super motivé, hein? <laughs> They're loving it. Well, I think the, the driver, the uh, second director, Sportif, in the car as well, he's enjoying it. Because yeah, because he sits in the back normally, doesn't he, all day? And he, yeah, he sits at the back of the cavalcade and normally, so he's up front there, he's on TV, his buddies are, you know, giving him a call and saying... They're giving you, know, you bottles for the sake of it, you know, just to get on <laughs> yeah. telly. It's great. <laughs> Brad, Did you ever have a solo break in a tour, Sean? No. No, never never even thought about it. more brains than that. <laughs> my only solo breakaway ever in my career was in the uh, Ruta del Sol and... Um, which that's, you know, one of the first races of the season. And I remember Greg Lamont said to me, I dare you to attack at the start. And I just, you know, attacked um, at the kilometre, you know, two, two or three kilometres into the stage. And I, I was just left roll off the front and I spent 120 kilometres in front. And then I got gobbled up 25 k's to go. And I said, well, I'm never doing that again. Do you know, uh, do you know uh, that um, Lamont told me he paid everybody a fiver so that they just well, let, they didn't let pay him enough because they didn't I, uh, just let Sean go when he attacks. You know, on the stage today because it was so easy and everyone was rolling along. I remember, didn't you crash when you broke your collarbone in the tour? And it was like that, very easy rolling along. Yes. Well, yeah. that's the, the the crashes that I had where I did most damage was when we were rolling along. I did it in Paris Nice. No, but when you crashed out the tour, do you remember yes, that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Going along in the tour, we're riding along. I was talking to Stephen Roach, and I just um, slowed up in front. They braked in front, and I wasn't looking where I was going. Crashed into a guy in front, and down I went and did the shoulder. Could you ever have imagined Brad in two thousand and seven wearing yellow in uh, that tour? Yeah, on the right. Yeah, I mean, even that day, I thought there was maybe a chance one day. Um, 100k down the road that I might take yellow. Because you didn't finish that tour, did you? No, we got kicked out. The, well, no, we didn't get kicked out. We, um, Coffee just pulled us out of the race because one of our teammates, Christian Moreni, tested positive for testosterone. Um, we finished on the top of the Col de Bisque and they said that Christian had tested positive, so he got taken off. Um, and the next day, because um, the Coffee just decided to take us out because they didn't think it was right. So, When you were arrested? I mean, I put uh, that in, no, I we put were that arrested. For, yeah, we were the team. We were taken back to the gendarmerie. Me and Sylvain Chavanel were in a car with sirens going. I mean, it was all for TV, for show, you know. And when we got to the hotel, all the world's media were there masturbating, and we had to walk in with the cops into the hotel, and it was just quite funny. Yeah, it was all that was all just for the show. But they arrested you and took well, you to the cinema. Police. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> they took you to the police station, mate. Yeah. And yeah. what did they do once you were in there? Well, we got to, to the police station. Got in the team car. Went back to the hotel. It was just for show, just for TV. Yeah. All part of the cinema. And then you let you left the tour. You got oh, we to, left you, the next you, tour next day. We're in the same hotel as Sonia Duval. David Miller was there. And I was just like, I'd, I was ashamed to wear the cofferness thing. You know, I kind of took it really personal as I did back in those days. And I threw all my cofferness clothes in the bin. <laughs> and I borrowed a t-shirt off David Miller to travel home. And it was a Sonia Duval one, which probably wasn't much better looking back. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. On that note, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Thank you, Brad, thank for, you. for sharing some thank of you. your jersey collection Thanks and your stories. Thanks to the guys. Brian, thank you. Expert eye as ever. And Sean, what a day to have you on. 31 years since an Irishman wore green. Yes. It's a Pleasure. big day in Ireland. <laughs> Up a top bus ride. Uh, Brad, we can follow you on social at? The Daily Mail. So we're going. <laughs> Brian, you're on? Uh, Bryce Smithy. Bryce Smithy. And Sean the King at? Kelly.com. Sean at Sean Kelly CC. Sean Kelly CC. You can also follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you too to our producer, Pete Burton. Pete Burns. Podcast Pete. And finally from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, very quickly, give us a line, one line, what are we expecting tomorrow? I'm at the Owl Sanctuary, so what are you going to be reviewing? Hopefully another good, I mean, every finish to this race has been fantastic to watch, you know. Second summit finish. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be as exciting as as it has been today, yesterday and every other day. Stage six, we look forward to hearing your thoughts. I'll see you Friday. Enjoy time. Thank you very much. All the best. Brian, Sean, thanks again. Thank you. Merci. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.